The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Take your Bibles with me this morning and uh, let's open them to Romans chapter 8. And let's look at Romans chapter 8. There's a very lengthy section of scripture we'll we'll read in just a moment. But in this passage of scripture, Paul is expounding upon our relationship to God. Uh, That's what I want to talk about today. I want to speak about our relationship to the Father, how unique it is, and how special it is. He begins by making a distinction between the two natures that are within each of us who are born again. He talks about the old man within us and the new creature within us, the flesh and and the spirit. Now, I'm not going to invest any time uh, discussing this today. I'm not going to talk today about the battles between the flesh and the spirit. That's not the focus of my message, so I'm not going to go there today. Rather, I'm going to focus on the emphasis of the second part of this passage, that of the relationship we have with God in Christ. So instead of reading the entire 17 verses, you can read those later, I'm, I'm going to pick it up at verse number 14. So if you would, let's all stand together as we read. And I'll read verses 14 through 17. Beginning at verse 14, we read, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit, that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Let's pray. Our Father, and we do call you our Father because you are. We come today to to gather in your name and to gather around your word and, 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 and look at the special relationship that we have with you today. I pray that your Holy Spirit would help us to not only see this relationship, but to value it and to live it every day of our lives. I ask you to bless all who have come today and fill us with your spirit as we hear the preaching of your word. And we will praise you and thank you for this, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. In our world today, we, things have changed so dramatically. It's a sad reality that in most homes today, the relationship between parents and children between husband and wives, 
is not what it used to be and is not what it should be and is not what God wants it to be. This decay of the family, the relationships within the family, is the work of the devil. Because he wants to destroy that relationship and he wants to give you a skewed picture of your relationship to your heavenly Father. Well, today I want to try to call us back to memory. Call us back to what it should be. Viewing each of you and looking at the different age groups we have in this place, I, I, I know that there are some here today who, who have very good and fond memories of their childhood, of the relationship that they possessed with their own fathers, with their own mother. Unfortunately, a lot of the younger people here today, you don't, you don't have that to draw back on. So you're going to have to trust the Holy Spirit, to to reveal to you the relationship that you have with the Father. We read just a moment ago in Romans chapter 8, at verse number 15, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now, In verse 14, he describes us as sons of God. And if you are here today and you are truly saved, you are a son of God. In verse 15, he attributes our sonship to the adoption in Christ Jesus. And this took place through the the regeneration of your soul. In verse 16, he calls us children of God. Which makes us what? A family. And in verse 17, he declares us as joint heirs with Christ. And this should give us great comfort and give us hope for that which lies ahead. These are truly great and wonderful promises and benefits of our salvation. We can live our daily lives with the assurance that we are children of God, and that as his children, we are heirs of glory with Christ Jesus our Lord. So it is a very special relationship this morning that you and I have with the Father. Creation does not have this relationship, for all of creation will be destroyed. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse 35, we read, Heaven and earth shall pass away. So creation this morning cannot cannot view the Father with the same relationship that you and I can. Uh, The angels in heaven do not share this relationship with the Father. For there is no redemption for the angels. The lost souls of humanity do not share this relationship with God. For God does not claim them as children. In Matthew 7.23, Jesus said, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. But those of us here today that are saved, 
we have been given the spirit of adoption, whereby we call to God and say, Abba, Father. Now, this is a term of endearment. It is one of a devoted and treasured relationship. Hear the words of John Gill in his commentary notes. He writes, Abba, Father. The word Abba is added for explanation's sake and to express the vehemency of the affection and the freedom and liberty which belongs to children. It's a, it's a term of endearment. It's, 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 it's a way that only a child can speak to a father. It signifies the unique liberty that the child has with his father. As I said earlier, our only comparison is that of the special relationship that exists between parents and children. That love, that undying love, that love that has no cannot be broken, cannot be separated. The love of a mother for her child is, is a special love. And this is the type of endearment we're talking about. Now with the time that I have today, allow me to examine three components of this relationship that we have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want us to see, I want you to see today what what Paul was saying when he said that we can say to God, Abba, Father. I want you to see that relationship as it exists today between you and between the Father. So number one, I want you to see your sufficiency in Christ. I'd like for you to take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, and let's take a look at verse number 13. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, we read, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Now, this is a verse that's quite often misapplied. And I want us to see it today in its proper context. Now, as we know and understand, we cannot just pull one scripture out of context and make it say what we want it to say. In the preceding verses of Philippians chapter 4, we find Paul addressing the children of God, not mankind in general. And in this, he emphasizes... That all that we need, we have with the Lord. And he further emphasizes that we can have contentment. Despite what's going on around us. Despite our circumstances. Despite the situations in our life. We can be content in our relationship with the Lord. Whatever we may face, whether it be abasement, to suffer indignity, contempt, hardships, distress, hunger, 
thirst, cold, nakedness, or whether it be abundance, to be esteemed, to enjoy plenty, to exercise influence for good, we can be content. And the reason we can be content is Christ is all we need. In, in, these, in this passage, Paul said that he knew how to abound and he knew how to be abased. He knew how to suffer need. But yet, in, in whatsoever state he was, he was what? Content. Why? Because Christ is all we need. My dear friends, if you need anything other than Christ to be content then you do not have the relationship with Christ that I'm talking about today. Because we are sufficient in Christ. God has promised to provide all that we need. In Philippians 4.19, he writes, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Therefore, we have no need of fear or no need of worry. Because we are sufficient, we are complete, we are entire in Christ. And this is not by our merit. It is because of our relationship with God. Abba, Father. Ours is a relationship of trust, honor, and deep abiding love. And not grounded on us, but rather founded upon the sovereign will of God the Father. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4, we read, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Again, in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 9, we read, We love him. Because he first loved us. Today we are sufficient in Christ. And and not because we deserve it. But because he willed it. He's all you need. He's all you need. Live your life through him. And live it for him. But then... When examining our relationship with the Father, secondly, let us consider our stability through Christ. I'd like for you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Just turn back a a few books. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we'll read from one verse, verse 58. We read here, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I want us to see our stability through Christ. Now, the therefore of verse 58 is the conclusion of Paul's argument 
that he gives in the preceding verses in chapter 15. You see, the, the unbelievers and, and the haters of God were, 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 were coming to the Corinthian believers and saying, where's the promise of his coming? Your, your God has forsaken you. He, he, has, he, he, has, uh, he has gone away and he's not going to come back. And, and they were beginning, the people were beginning to doubt that the Lord would come again for them. They were beginning to, they, they were thinking that maybe they missed out. And Paul, in this passage, recounts the resurrection of Christ, Christ and gives the proofs needed to address the doubts and fears of the believers at Corinth. Their faith had been shaken by those who hate and reject the gospel, and this has caused them to become unstable in their faith. James chapter 1 and verse 8 states, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He's unstable. He is confused in his mind. And he is restless in his thoughts. He is, he is unsettled in his purpose. He, he is uncertain in his opinions. Well, maybe, maybe I'm not right. Maybe, maybe they're right. Maybe, maybe I've been wrong all this time. He is corrupted in his actions. His, his doubt and his fears has caused him to do things he should not and ought not do. He is wavering in his doctrines and beliefs. Today he believes this. Tomorrow he believes this. Well, this sounds kind of, kind of good. I'll take a little bit of that and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. That's the unstable man. He is inconsistent in his prayers. Now, in the first hour, we talked about how important our prayer life is. And we talked about how God is going, to, is going to examine the time we spent in prayer. And an unstable man becomes, becomes inconsistent in his prayers. Now, how do, we be, how do we overcome this? How do we overcome this instability? Well, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13 tells us, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. How do, we, how do we overcome this instability? These things have I written unto you, that believe in the name of God. This is your, this is your stabilizer. This is your keel. The Word of God. The Word of God never changes it's settled forever in heaven. We can always turn to God's word and we can always find strength and we can always find hope in God's word. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14, Paul writes, That, ye, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Paul said that we're, to, we're not to be like children. We're not to be blown like a, like a ship in the ocean with no rudder. We're not to be tossed. And, and we're not to, be, we're not to be, uh, have doubt cast upon us. Because we are to be knowledgeable of the word of God. We are to be strong and strengthened in Christ. And in our relationship. When I was growing up, no matter what 
was going on in my life. I knew that I could always depend on my father, on my daddy. When I was afraid, he would give me courage. When I was weak, he would be my strength. And, and that relationship with our Heavenly Father exists to the nth degree. We, are, we, we have stability today. Why? Because of our relationship with the Father. Now, I find three things that produce stability in a person's life. Three things. I'll get through them quickly. First, letter A, confidence. Confidence produces stability. Paul declared that his knowledge of God and his relationship with God gave him the confidence to believe in him. And we cannot have this knowledge without proving God in our lives. Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 6, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 1 together. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and let's begin reading at verse number 6. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee, by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us, and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death, and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things, Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Paul had confidence in God, and this confidence that he had in God made him stable in his faith. But then, confidence will always lead to, letter B, courage. Confidence leads to courage. In Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 6, the Lord says, Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them, for the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9, we read, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Knowledge of truth gives, gives us great confidence. And our confidence makes us bold and courageous. And we go forth without fear. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4 we read, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There is nothing in this world strong enough to defeat God. So confidence leads to courage. Then courage leads to, next, commitment. 
In John chapter 6, let's, let's turn there. Let's go to John chapter 6. I'm going to ask you to turn to Scripture today. I'm not preaching the Word of Dalton. I'm preaching the Word of God. John chapter 6. And let's look at verse 67. Now the story here is Jesus has just fed the 5,000 and he preached to them and told them what's expected of them as, as disciples of God and they all left. One by one, they, they walked away. Now verse 67, Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? We read here and see the commitment of, of, of the people of God. Their commitment to Christ. And, and that's what we need. And, and, and that commitment comes from confidence. And courage leads us to make that commitment. We have sufficiency in Christ. We, have, we find stability through Christ. But then thirdly this morning, concerning our relationship with the Lord, let me state that we should rest upon our security with Christ. Rest upon our security with Christ. Let's turn to Second Peter chapter three. Second Peter chapter three. Now to save a little time, I'm not going to read all all nine verses. You can go back and and um, read those later, but let's begin reading uh, uh, at verse number 6. Whereby the world then that was being overflowed with water perished, but the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and the perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Once again, when we read this, this passage, when we start back at verse 1 and read the entire passage, it is obvious that Peter is addressing believers, not mankind in general. And this verse has often been used to say that it's not God's will that any man should perish. And if that were true, if it were true that it's God's will that no man perish, then no man would perish. Because God's will is always done. But what's being discussed here is Peter is, Peter is addressing the same issue Paul was earlier, that people are, are saying that, that God is not coming back, that you've been forsaken, and he is, he is telling these people... He's reminding them that God is not willing that one of his, of his called children, one of his elect saints, should be lost, but that all will come to repentance. So that's the purpose of this verse. And from this we find security. From this we find the security that we are safe in Christ Jesus our Lord. <laughs> what makes our relationship with the Father so unique from that of all others? 
It is the assurance that we have in our relationship with him. Now let's go back to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And look at verse 35, Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Look at verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If that doesn't make you shout amen, I don't know what will. There is nothing. There is nothing that will separate you from the Lord. Now the unsaved man has no assurance of his future. He has no surety in his hope. But our hope is sure. In Hebrews chapter 6, beginning at verse 17, we read, Wherein God, <laughs> willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth into that within the veil. (laughs) Did you see that? Our hope is sure. It is secured. And because we have this hope, because we know that our redemption is secure, we can be secure in our relationship with the Father. And today, we can say, Abba, Father. We can express that deepest of love, that deepest of commitment, that deepest of affection because we are secure in Christ. Now, let's come full circle this morning. (coughs) Romans 8.15 For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Are you living under the spirit of bondage today? Do you live in fear of your eternal state? If you do, if you're, not, if you're here today and you're not, you're not sure you're saved, if, if you couldn't with, with the confidence and with the courage and with the commitment, if, if you're not sure about your sufficiency with Christ, if you're not sure about your stability with Christ, and if you're not sure, if you're not sure about your security in Christ, then for you today the answer is simple. 
Acts chapter 16, verses 29 through 31. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. If you're here today and you're not sure you're saved, you need to believe in faith. Romans chapter 10 We read, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Do you hear the voice of Jesus today? If you're here and you're not saved, do you, do you hear him calling you to repentance today? Remember Jesus said in John chapter 10, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. By the way, those of you today who claim to be saved, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Do you hear his voice today? Do you hear him? As we, as we dig into our relationship with the Father, or is your relationship with God what it ought to be? Are you living your life the way that honors God and the way that God wills you to live your life and wants you to live your life? If you're not saved and you hear that voice of Christ, then, then repent and believe. If you are saved, You should be hearing the voice of Christ as well, calling you, calling you to live the life that you should live. Believe and be saved. Then you too can live under the spirit of adoption. And we can all today say, Abba, Father. We can all have the relationship with God that he desires to have with us. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we know, if we'll be honest with ourselves, we all know that our relationship with you is not what it ought to be. And we can point to many reasons and we can blame many things. But the truth is, it's our own fault. Lord, I thank you for your love for me. I thank you that you loved me before I ever knew you. And Lord, I today thank you for the sufficiency that I have in Christ, that that Christ is all I need and all the other things in my life that I, I fret over and worry about are meaningless because I have Christ. And he will never 
ever, ever leave me nor forsake me. And I thank you, Father, for the stability that I have, that, Father, that I can be, be confident and that I can be courageous and I can commit myself to, to, to my faith for you because, because Father, you are my, are my stability. And I thank you, Lord, for the security that I have today in you, knowing that you will do all the things that you promised to do, that no man can open your hand and pull me out. Thank you, Father. Now I pray if there are any here today who, who are not saved, Lord, I pray that your spirit would speak to them and I pray that they would, would hear the voice of Christ and be saved. And I just pray you strengthen all of us and cause all of us to live the life that we should for you. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Bless it, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Roanoke Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church. 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.